Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Joining me as co-host this podcast is the man known as JeppyDT on Twitter. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey Pete, thanks mate. How's life going over in Perth? Yeah, it was pretty warm like everywhere I suppose in the last week or two. We had oh, five days of 40 plus degrees but um, yeah, it's uh, gone east and um, but other than that, I think it's great. Just Getting ready for Christmas. The uh, weather here in Melbourne, we had uh, 40 degrees one day, and today was down to about 17 degrees, so that's the fluctuation for us in Melbourne. Yeah, I uh, hear that's pretty standard. Pretty stock standard over here. Um, on this podcast, we're going to be discussing the new utility position um, as released by Warney and the crew on the official AFL Fantasy podcast, uh, and the impact and the potential strategies to take advantage of take advantage of for our listeners um what are your initial thoughts jeb on the uh decision to uh, remove the r4 and introduce a utility position yeah look it's um pretty exciting we um we'll go through the pros of it all i think it's all positive you know we can't really see any negatives around it um but yeah, it's it's going to help cash generation early, and and we'll, we'll go through a couple of the other things later on. For sure. So with the thirtieth player now in play and not a throwaway, do you like it or not? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Of course I do. Yeah. No. 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 It's it's a huge advantage. A huge um, advantage that we can all utilise. Um, we can get some primos into our or upgrade, earlier upgrades earlier in the season. And um, and then, yeah, with the buy rounds, I think having a switcheroo, um, a utility, will really help get that extra player on the ground and help manage the, the best 18 score. That, that follows into my second question here. Uh, do you think the DPPs have extra value now? Oh, absolutely. So ideally, starting round one, I think you want your utility to be a DPP for flexibility, you know, in the early rounds of the season. So, for example, if um, we have, say, a forward or a defender that comes in a bit sketchy job security, you can maybe take the risk on him if he looks like he's going to score okay. Um, and then, say, you have, like, a, a um, DPP in your utility and that, that defender pick or forward pick didn't come off and they did get dropped in round two or three, you can um, switch your utility DPP and then move move the non-playing player into a new utility player, For if sure. that makes sense. So yeah. I, I think it's a huge thing. I think we can take more risks on rooks um, early on and it also probably gives – and I'm not too big on the slow burn rooks and – for example, Matt Parker, I didn't start with Matt Parker at all last year. I didn't have him at any point of the season because before round one, I thought it would be a slow burn and I didn't think the cash generation would be there. I, he did have a couple of good games in the end, but um, I think now, like a Rankin, for example, at F8, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable having him there because of this um, utility position and how we can... Um, Utilize and and cover our cover our bases, so to speak, across the across the thirty players. 
my thoughts on the DPP uh, on the DPPs uh, with the new utility position is that across the buy period, uh, the ability to move players across several lines will be a massive advantage. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Jeff? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Like more flexibility, the better, better, and um, I, I think that's self-explanatory, mate. I just we we sort of crave that flexibility at times. Um, sometimes we get pinned down during our two trades every week, um, but added flexibility, added options. Uh, the initial, what are your thoughts on the initial squad and structure? Will it alter your plans for round one? Um, with the new utility position compared to if it wasn't announced that that was going to be introduced for the 2020 season? Yeah, look, this is an interesting one because it's a starting... Our starting 22s who scores, okay? So um, we, we maximise our starting 22, or we should be maximising our starting 22 scores. So... I've, I've thought about this long and hard. Initially, I thought, oh, I could. You know, we could try squeeze them, say, in uh, mid-price, an extra mid-price mid or something along the lines of that um, instead of a rookie, a base-price base rookie. Um, but then I thought about it again, and I think it's I think it's probably not going to alter any structure or plans for myself um, because I want to try and maximise the, um, the scores of the starting 22. I... Um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's more of a thing down the season. You know, when we're when we hit round six or seven and we're looking to upgrade, um, and how we deal with, you know, the defender that's scoring averaging sixty per game or whatever the else <clears throat> gets thrown our way. Uh, my thoughts initially were, what what can I think of that other people aren't thinking of? So what I did was was have a look on Twitter to see people's initial thoughts um, and and obviously my thought process was to, to put in a few plans and what I thought and then jump on and see what our, our, everyone else is thinking to, to see if there was any point of difference there that I could take, to, take advantage of. Uh, one of the things that I did think of for a potential structure was uh, a stacking a certain position uh, and using the flexibility of the utility position, um, and we'll talk about this in a minute, to generate cash a lot faster and obviously uh, complete your upgrades a lot quicker. So uh, stacking potentially a midfield uh, with with more premium players um, with the ability then to, on the outside fringes of the defenders and the mids, you can get to them a lot quicker than compared to uh, this time last year. Correct. Um but can I chime in? Because last this, as you know full well, this year I, I had a 2019. I, I did that. Mm. I, I tried to load my midfield, um, and I had guys like Charlie Constable as my um, F9, and sorry M9, and not scoring on the field, and it really burnt me. So just keep that in mind, and everyone should keep that in mind because if we're gonna load. You know the the best rookie scorers are our mids. Um, if if it's a baseline one hundred seventy thousand, so a one hundred seventy thousand dollar midfield fielder rookie will score better than one hundred seventy thousand dollar defender in typical terms, um, generalised. So loading a midfield with an extra primo, I, uh, 
my my lesson from this year is don't do that. Correct. So, yeah, I, I don't. I, I would. It, it's it's going to be interesting, and everyone's going to tackle it differently. Um, but I won't be. I've got to stay for um, hold stead on on what I learned from this year. When I was thinking of that, I'd go, hang on a sec, Jeff did this last year and it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really bit me in the ass. So, yeah. so um, I'm against it. I'm against it. We actually do have three months um, to formulate a plan and structure, and no doubt we'll go through um, those structures towards the end of pre-season to see how we think the utility position will will will, will fit in with our, our uh, plans for 2020. Uh, but obviously these are initial thoughts and how, to, how we think we could take advantage of it um, ahead of everyone else. Um, with, with regard to the buy structure um, and not not thinking about DPPs, do you see any other impact, i.e. Um, can, can we sort of uh, get 20, 20 players on the on the field as a minimum? Yeah, I mean, I think we just add, add the extra, really, depending on who our, our utility player is. But um, for, oh, I can't remember who it was this year, but there's always that last-minute suspension or injury during the buy rounds, it really stings everyone because everyone long-term plans the buy rounds. Everyone has sort of an indicator of how they're going to tackle it each round. Um, and, you know, if you've got Toby Green in your forward line and he gets suspended, that's a huge loss. Um, so having that utility position just covers that risk so much better. And then if you're pretty lucky and you're looking good with injury suspensions and the like, then... Um, that extra player on the ground or ability to put an extra starter, um, you know, it increases your, your likelihood of a, of a fantasy score. So um, I think it's massive. The utility plate is absolutely massive for, um, for the buy rounds. So, yeah. And once the season starts, we're going to have to be very quick on our feet to adapt to uh, any unforeseen uh structures and plans around that buy period uh, that, that potentially come up through injuries or suspension. So um, it does give you that little bit more flexibility, that's for sure. So with with 30 players now available, and let's remember pretty much the, the 30th player was always a throwaway player. Um, yep. what, what I feel is the most important aspect of introducing a utility bench player is that it will... Uh, generate you will be able to generate cash a lot faster with with that extra rookie so therefore upgrades should come a lot quicker and premium upgrades uh, uh, when completing your team should be a lot quicker um, how do you how do you think you're going to maximize that chip yeah and, th- and that's where picking the having the utility as a, as a midfielder preferably um, going with the odds is, is um, ideal Um but when you say quicker, I think it's just one round sooner. So mm. it, it's kind of it's kind of a funny one. We're only allowed two trades a week. So are we gonna? Does this mean we're gonna have three Charlie Constables, for example? So two on our bench and one utility, all the average seventy plus. Like I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if it's possible to average for three bench rookie mids to average 70-plus. Um, I hope it is, but I, I think the jury's a bit out on whether, you know, we'll be making upgrades quicker um, in terms of rounds. 
but definitely like in the latter rounds with the cash generation over a little bit of a prolonged period, not prolonged period, but a bit of a extended early period. Um, I think that definitely helps. So yeah, it's, it's going to be tactical. I think logically everyone will, will take a similar strategy. Um, I th- I'm pretty big on the, the utility being a DPP player just for flexibility. Um, and yeah, it's um, we'll, we'll see what happens during you know round seven and eight. I think is going to be the interesting rounds of of how we sort of see it panning out. But um, yeah, he's hoping the rooks are available, um, and lots of kids put their hand up in preseason. My thoughts are on the rookies uh, that it is now more important that we smash on each rookie. Uh, therefore, obviously, the higher cash generation, and to get that one or two weeks, one or two week ahead of your competition, whether it be in your league or overall, is to get ahead of everyone else. I think that's very important. So identifying the correct rookies is is more even more paramount now. Um, additionally, uh, when we get uh, when we get towards the middle of the season. Uh, probably round six, round seven. If we had one midfield rookie that wasn't playing, it's now not really necessary that you need to have that player generating cash, if you know what I mean. Because we, we looked at Craig's team from last year and going through his team, uh, uh, was but he hung on to Bailey Scott even after he wasn't playing at North Melbourne. So, yeah. he, so there was about a four or five week lag, just from memory, that he held him. Uh, in his team as an M8 and he wasn't playing, he wasn't generating cash. With the utility position and if all the rookies are predominantly, obviously the, the, the better scoring ones in the midfield um, and if one of them suddenly loses that job security or is injured, it's potentially you can l- let them um, just sit sit idly on a bench not necessarily sort of jumping at that upgrade possibility or downgrade upgrade. Yeah. Um, yep. So you can potentially now leave that one as a spare. What are your thoughts? Correct. On? No, and and if I go back to last year, oh this year, sorry, um, I had um, Bailey Scott. So and I'm pretty sure I got rid of him in the early part of it because he had mm. sort of juiced up about eighty grand. Um, so yes, is it's having the ability to hold rooks that get dropped. Um, that have good scoring potential is a, is is another element of all of this, and it's a big advantage. So n- I'd like to say, and I'm pretty confident, I would not have traded Bailey Scott um, if I had that third mid or that utility spot. So, yeah, definitely, definitely a, another big key. And that's what I mean, so by, again, by cash generation after the initial... You know, our initial five rounds is the testing rounds, as I call them, where we sort of know where our, our primos are. Um, we're always going to have one rook that generates cash that we can upgrade pretty quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's just about that prolonged and, and steady um, both job security and, and pricing flux and price earning from rooks. Um, you've mentioned that, Previously, uh, most people will be leaning towards, you know, starting with three midfield rookies. 
I think yep. that's I think that's going to be pretty popular. Obviously, that w- once um, round one hits us, um, obviously we get get to look at um, who's uh, on debut, uh, and hopefully there are quite a few midfield rookies. But I think most people would be leaning towards three mid- midfield rookies to start with, on the bench. Yeah, of course, and that's purely like I said before. It's a mid rook's going to likely earn more than a defender rook. So, but again, it's on availability. So. We'll just have to see what happens in the early parts of pre-season, the latter parts of pre-season, then round one and how the season's looking. So what it also means is, say, for example, um, we could take a punt on a rook that's not named for round one, but emergency and looks like to be a gun scorer. So um, I remember a guy a couple of years ago that that, that applied with. um, So we could even look at that. So you could could say... I can't think of an example for this year, but let me give a rookie example for this year. And and it's Collier Dawkins from Richmond. This kid can play football, and Richmond have obviously got a great lineup and settled lineup. Now, say he doesn't get named for round one, we could take a punt. We could take a big punt and and um, and chuck him in at um, M10. With the utility, I'm going to call utility M11 or just in a, a throwaway spot. Mm. So you could take that punt because you've got that extra cover with, with the utility. Now, it's a big risk at the start of round one. It's a big call to make early on. Um, but what if he does come in round two, half the fantasy coaches don't jump on him straight out or instantly? Um, yeah, is it is it worth it in that first round when there's not now that I think about it out loud, it's they don't rooks don't typically earn big in their first game, mm. um, but it's it's another aspect of it. It's another total aspect of it, and it could happen with the defender or anything. So we all we all look at three things with rooks: is job security, scoring potential, and just downright where the role they play. Correct. Um, and- in in the twenty two, they're the three things. So scoring potential is a big one. Um, and Collie Dawkins, for me, is a, is a rook that's going to have a potential of scoring 70-plus or averaging 70-plus. Mm. So, you know, he might be an emergency and we might take that punt. Yeah, there's, it's a lot of, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of, there can be a lot of, bit of underlying strategy with it. I guess the, the wheels are in motion with, with most people have tuned into this new utility position. The wheels are in motion of thinking... You know what can I do? Where can I take advantage of? What what aren't people thinking of? Uh, that's definitely got me thinking on, on what I can do potentially different that is different for everyone else. So no doubt we'll go through those through towards the end of the preseason and 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 figure out what is the best approach for the season. So towards the end of this podcast, what do you think towards the back end of the season? How important would the utility position say for bench cover? Do you think that's quite important now, Jeb? Sorry, say that again. So, with with the utility position, once we get towards the back end of the season, where we're we're dropping off certain players in certain positions, yeah. So, what I'm thinking is, if if we can have multiple DPP players across many lines, that you know we can potentially drop off players a lot quicker. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I agree. That that that's true. That is true. It's we can also throw away the spots for if we want to maximise a trade for cash. Generation, so say we, we want to throw away an F10, or mm-hmm. sorry, an F8, um, then 
you, you can for for a base cost one hundred seventy thousand dollar player because your utility is a is a DPP mid forward. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's it will play a part, a part. I don't think it's as important in the back end of the season as it is in the front end. I think come post the buys, I think the utility position is sort of you know drops a step a bit. Um, but still important for cover and, and how your bench cover goes generally. You know, we, you could be hit by injury with the rookies or just rookies getting dropped and not getting a go, and you can balance it with the utility spot, like post-buy round. Um, but, yeah, having a throwaway D8 or an F8, I think, um, to maximise some cash it could, could come into play um, in the latter rounds. What what I've been thinking of is the faster cash generation and towards the back end of the season, instead of having throwaway players, maybe even is that we can upgrade to an additional premium and instead of having um, eight premiums in your midfield, you potentially have nine. And then, and then you can identify specific matchups that you want to put on field and put on the bench. So if you've got a Zach Merritt that's facing a potential tag this week, you may oh, wow. want, you may want to bench him in favour of a Patrick Dangerfield up against a, a, a poor opposition that's going to smash potentially. So, with the faster cash generation, get to an extra midfield more than anyone else, and then start to uh, specify matchups that you want on your field. And we're only talking about rounds 19, 20, 21, 22, and twenty three, but potentially instead of flipping your midfielders towards the back end of the season, especially if you're in contention for overall uh, winner, is that you can potentially get to another midfielder and then have that massive flexibility over and above everyone else. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I never would have thought of that, Pete. So, yeah, Mm. um, that's an interesting one. Um, Probably you need a lot of luck to get in that spot um, where you want to, you know, you're pretty settled with your primos across the board, across all lines and, no injury suspensions or and then yeah then you um you can upgrade that utility another primo yeah i didn't think of that well it all starts from round one i mean if we smash our rookies for our listeners in round one uh there's faster cash generation and at the back end back end of the season we potentially could be in front of everyone else and and be able to hit that uh premium midfield ninth player yeah yeah no it's huge it's huge. You've just got me thinking. Mate. So, uh, yeah, well, and that'll, yeah, it's exciting. That'll, that'll generate into another thought and somebody might come up with another thought and, and then in three months' time when we hit round one, who knows where we're going to be with our thinking on this. Exactly, exactly. Uh, well, there are my additional thoughts. I mean, I mean, even if you think about the forward line, and you know, can you add a Buddy Franklin late in the season at about round about seven, if he's still going okay, about round 17, 18, our mid Key position players aren't the the norm for season long fantasy. Obviously, through the volatility and scoring, but if if you've got that F seven as a key position player, as a you know a potential matchup, and we've talked about the Nick Rewald a couple of years, a few years ago on the two hundred, and, and even just as much as last season with Jeremy Cameron popping up for one fifty. If you can get to that F seven, that's a you know volatile scoring, but it's in a prime time matchup. You can yeah. start to add those players towards the end of the season rather than have to trade them in, trade them in yeah, by f- flipping, flipping a premium for a premium volatile score. And let's get to another upgrade. Yeah, it's a good call, mate. Um, it's something I honestly hadn't thought of. 
I was um, I still had my mind in the first half of the season and early on. So mm. yeah, I suppose that will play out as as we um, get settled with our lineups and um, and hopefully we've all got that that option to um, to upgrade the utility. Well, obviously we have to get to that upgrading that you know M9 or even F7. We're going to have to have a pretty clear run with injuries as well because. If we get a clear run with injuries, uh, we can start to do some some bonus stuff towards the end of the season. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, any other additional thoughts there on the new utility position? Yep. Yeah. No, not. I think we've covered it all. I think um, you know it's 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 a it's a good thing for fantasy. I think everyone, the fantasy community, is is pretty happy about it, and um, definitely I'm happy about it. And yeah, let's um, let's get started. Uh, I did post an article up in aflratings.com.au, so if you want to look at uh, my thoughts on the new utility position, uh, you can click on AFL Ratings and then click on the fantasy link and that uh, utility position strategy will be there for the reading. Um, we'll, we'll just about wrap up our third pod- podcast, Jep. Um, as always, if you'd like a chance at winning at a plus six uh, podcast ca- cap, uh, retweet any of the podcast link tweets on twitter and we'll give you a few away towards the end of pre-season so a retweet equals one entry and we'll give a give a few away towards the end of the pre-season um just on that note i'd like to thank you for listening in uh have a nice day thank you